Welcome to episode number five of Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you find a career you love, start a business, and generally crush it at life. I'm Justin Gordon, your host and an MBA student in the class of 2020 at the USC Marshall School of Business in Southern California. I've had my hand in entrepreneurship and business since 2012, when I launched Just Go Fitness with online coaching and in-home personal training, and now with Just Go Grind, a career website and podcast. In this episode, I talk to Mike McElhern, who is the CEO of NextGen Talent Strategies, and he's a guy who is, he's interviewed 25,000 different job candidates, he estimates, and hired over 4,000 people, probably reviewed 100,000 resumes in his career, and you can learn a thing or two about this whole job search process. We get into all of that in this episode, talking about where job candidates get stuck in the job search process. I know how horrible it can be to submit a resume and never hear back from a company. We talk about that. We talk about how communication is such an important issue when it comes to the job search. And we talk about how you can connect with recruiters, other problems that we have in the job search process where it's broken, not just for people who are actually trying to find a job, but also for companies. And we discuss how companies, hiring managers specifically, can best get the word out about their job openings. We talk about everything in terms of talent strategy on both sides. So for the company and for the person actually trying to find a job, lots of insights in this episode. If you are looking for a job or you are a company that was looking to hire or to grow, this is an episode you do not want to miss. As always, the show notes for this episode are justgogrind.com slash podcast. Also, you can support the show over at patreon.com slash just go grind and over there you can support the show for as little as a dollar per month yes a dollar per month every little bit helps support the show pay for the hosting the show help me make the time to find these guests and so on also if you can leave a rating review in itunes i would greatly appreciate that very much so actually i hope you enjoy this episode and let's get into the show with mike mcelhern mike welcome to the show hey thanks justin Glad to be here. You know, we talked uh, a few weeks ago, and you're building your company. I think your first product, actually, um, which is in the talent acquisition space. That's next gen business coaching. Um, we're going to get into all of that in terms of your business and everything shortly. But I just want to know from a starting point, where did you get your start in the talent acquisition recruiting industry? Yeah. So um, I actually, you know, my first opportunity in talent acquisition was in the um, in my first job. I was in a sales role uh, for a company R.H. Donnelly. Um, okay, we sold uh, Yellow Page ads, so um, I wanted sales experience, and uh, they were at that time the best uh, as far as sales training. So went into uh, the organization, did a did a really good job in sales. And then my first opportunity was in sales management where I had to hire uh, the team that I was going to train. And then um, so that, um, you know, back in the day, I didn't even know what that was. So, you know, I, you know, ads were out there and people would apply and then, you know, I would interview people and, um, you know, we would essentially go from there and I would hire, um, you know, you know, essentially the team that I was going to train. And, um, you know, it was one of those things that, uh, you know, now it's clear talent acquisition or recruitment, you know, um, but that was really my first experience with talent acquisition. So, 
Okay. And so that that experience must have been good enough where you wanted to continue and keep kind of working your way up in the industry? Or what did you think at that time? I'll tell you what, you know, Justin, the thing for me was um, the thing that felt great about it that still today resonates um, with every placement I make or my team makes. When you align someone with a great opportunity and give them the, the chance to prove themselves or do what you know they know how to do, um, and, and experience success for themselves and for the organization, uh, till this day, it, it still feels, it, it feels amazing. Uh, it feels amazing yeah. for me. I feel, I feel great when I'm helping an organization. Um, I'm, I feel great when I'm helping an individual, um, because the job process of looking for an opportunity is really challenging. You know, it's, I've been on the, on the other end of corporate, I've been an executive recruiter where I know what it's like where your resume goes into a black hole. Um, I know what that looks like. I know why that happens. So when when you identify a great candidate and you align them with a great organization um, and a great opportunity on top of that, it, it's it, it's it's truly what I live for. It's it's a great feeling. Yeah, and it seems like you know, being in a role, whether it's talent acquisition or even another industry or whatever it may be, something that's impactful to other people's lives seems to always be a good a good thing to have as long as it pays the bills because you just have, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you have I that good you. feeling every day. So, I mean, yeah. like, I used to be a personal trainer and that was the same type of thing. They don't get paid as well. So that's where I left and wanted to do some different things. But um, that type of impact you can have that really makes you feel good also helps within a career. Um, just going, going back to what you mentioned too with you've been on both sides of the recruiting. Like but you've seen resumes, you've seen that come in and also seen with companies. But I want to start with individuals. So because you know the process so well, where are job candidates getting stuck in the hiring process? Oh, man, that is that is the golden question. (laughs) And it's not just candidates, Justin, it's companies. You know, it's it really is. I mean, I know the candidate feels it, uh, you know, for the audience out there. I mean, how many people have submitted a resume and have never heard back? Right. You know, you you, right, you take right. the time, you know, you search Indeed, you search Google, you, you know, you search all the job LinkedIn. I mean, all the major boards. Right. And finally, you know, after sifting and sifting and sifting, you find that opportunity that that just calls your name. Right. And and you're you're yeah. excited yeah. and you, you send in the resume and nothing, you know, and and the reason is, the you know, I'll tell you. There, so the aspect is this is number one is is, you know, is, you know, the reason they call it the black hole is because oftentimes, you know, the company doesn't have enough people to to go through the resumes to get back or they don't have a good enough system in place or a process that, you know, that can keep that communication up where it's an auto message either back to say, hey, we're going to, you know, we will get back to you and let you know within X amount of days. And then within that time frame, you actually get a decision made. You know, oftentimes, you know, candidates, uh, would be happy just to hear back, even if it was a no, and would and would reply back yeah. and say, "Thanks for letting me know. Now I know I, you know, I did, I can move on." You know, there's some, um, but truthfully, I think it stems from really, you know, it stems from the job not being clearly defined into what the company is truly looking for. You know, uh, I think it's misalignment on the candidate. A lot of times, I think candidates get so frustrated they just send in resumes uh, for jobs that maybe they're not <laughs> qualified for. Um, truthfully, Justin, in any relationship, I would boil it down to, it's just miscommunication. So, 
miscommunication. So, I mean, what, so that miscommunication on their end, so is it, obviously they're just setting resumes in blindly is not necessarily the best you know, fit for anyone. Even if they do qualify for a job, just sending in resumes. I just uh, heard a different podcast actually talking about this, how they have all this automated software where they're eliminating, you know, 90% of things based on keywords and based on other things like that. Is that where people are you know, starting off on the wrong foot anyways, or is there You're a better- exactly right? You know, yeah. and, and that's where I say, you know, it's so frustrating because I always talk about the job description. I, I think truly um, the job description is really what it really just breaks down the hiring process because the job descriptions that are out there were created really to protect the organization. Um, and, and very few of them do do an excellent job of defining what the you know what the role truly entails and what they really need the individual to accomplish. Most of the job descriptions I see out there that are created are really, hey, what does this individual need to do? And I call them you know CYA job descriptions because it'll have you know three pages of things that the candidate or the potential uh, employee prospect needs to do. Um, But it doesn't really say, hey, this is what we need them to accomplish to be successful and define out, you know, at the end of one year, if you accomplish these four things, this will be considered a success in this role. So oftentimes, you know, the hiring manager ultimately doesn't know what they're looking for. Um, The recruiter that is uh, reviewing resumes or the sourcer, um, they don't know what they're looking for. So ultimately, you get it often you know, I'll, you know, let's interview a couple more or, you know, yeah, they were good, but let's see what else is out there. Um, That drives me nuts because that tells me that the hiring manager and the recruiter don't know exactly what they're looking for. Uh, When you know exactly what you're looking for, it's much easier to identify it when you've, when you've seen it versus (laughs) I'm guessing, yeah, let me interview another five people and then it might come to me. That's not a, that's not a strategy. You know, that's not a strategy for hiring. So sure. Well, what can, what can companies do better than in terms of knowing what they're looking for? And you mentioned a few things about the actual, you know, the process in terms of what they're writing up for the job description or like the, what they're looking for. What can companies do to improve that process? You know, my challenge to organizations, uh, hiring managers, uh, recruiters would be to uh, initially forget about the job description. Okay, don't just go and bullet, hey, what do they need to have? Let's focus on what does this individual need to accomplish to be successful? If if employers look at that, okay, so I need a, you know, I need a sales individual to accomplish this you know, to reach out to, um, you know, key accounts to introduce the organization. And we want to have, you know, maybe depending upon the sales cycle, um, five demo calls per quarter or per month. That ultimately is what will, you know, make that individual successful, not what they have or what they, you know, so essentially then challenge the employee to figure out how to be successful in accomplishing what you need. Um, So I would say get away from the bullet points, get away from listing out all the things that they had to have had previously, tell them what you need them to accomplish, and then let's change the interview structure into asking them how they would accomplish that. And and that makes a lot of sense. That's it. I mean, that's really instead of asking how many years of experience in this or how, you know, do you have experience doing that? You know, let's challenge candidates with, you know, hey, how would you accomplish this for the organization? 
and, and let's leave it right. up to them. It seems like a definitely a better strategy. Thinking of the end goal in mind and you know, reverse engineering from there is a better strategy for actually finding talent. But going back even for a second, how do individuals then get a foot in the door when there are all these resumes, there are this software and automated systems looking through resumes? What's the strategy a job candidate should even take then? Yeah, that's boy, you know, I would say the the candidates that have always impressed myself and my teams the most are the ones that are providing solutions. Um, okay. And I know that's really tough because, you know, the, the, and again, I don't mean to sound so negative, Justin, but the application process drives me nuts because, <laughs> you know, we, we post a job and I'm talking from the corporate side. So I, I can be, you know, big corporate here where, you know, it's, it's always frustrated me. And I'll tell you, I've changed it. I changed it with every organization I was ever with. You know, so what we what we required was this, you know, we had said, hey, let's put a job out there. Um, Let's allow easy access for the candidate to reach out to us. Um, They can apply to the job with a resume, but let's do this instead of having them fill out a five page application. And we know that most candidates are filling out, um, you know, they're applying for jobs on their phone. And most ATS applicant tracking systems don't allow for application processes to be completed on their phone. Um, let's do this. Let's have them. Let's have them either you know video record or voice record some solutions or provide us some solutions on how they could be successful in the role. And it's not an interrogation. It's really just ideas and thoughts about how they could be successful uh, in the role. And that allowed us to really get an idea as to, you know, could this person overcome adversity? Can they come up with creative ideas? You know, truly, you know, instead of, hey, we need an out of the box thinker, you know, we now are getting out of the box solutions that we can validate against other candidates. Um, And then as they move through the process, you know, once once we introduce them to a hiring manager, we would then have them fill out the employment application because at at that point, they truly are an applicant. Um, Right. But from the candidate side, I, you know, I challenge companies to say, hey, you know, let's see if we could get some ideas up front from candidates and candidates don't just apply with a resume, you know, send the resume in and then send some solutions in on to how you can really impact that organization or be successful in the job. That makes sense. So basically, I mean, I've, I've researched this a lot as well from uh, one from my own perspective, but then also just trying to help other people out and seeing what options they have, because it does feel like the black hole of sending your resume in and you're like, OK, I'm just waiting. I can't do anything. But to what to your point as well, like you can send the resumes in. That, that's fine. Like send your resumes to different places that you think, you know, you'd like to work at, whatever. But you got to try to have an in, it seems like contacting someone at the company, someone you know who knows someone at the company, so then you can get a leg up on the competition. Is that I am totally I right in that? I agree with you. And I and I get it. You know, you candidates out there that are looking, um, I, you know, I've done it. I, I've been where you are. I've sent in resumes. I, I know what that's like. It's exhausting. You know, you, you find the job, you send in the resume, they, they the company asks you to fill out a you know five page application, so you can't do it on your phone. You go to your computer, you put it on the application, you know, to not even get a response, you know. So yeah. and and then you know you do it again and you do it again. Um, you know what I would challenge you to is you know I would challenge every candidate out there is really start the conversation first. 
um, because that's what's going to matter. Whoever that recruiter is, try to identify that recruiter, try to send them a personalized message. Because ultimately, guys, it's going to take the same amount of time to send the recruiter a personalized message as it would to fill out an employee's application anyways. So you're better off starting with developing that personal touch and reaching out individually than sending the resume in and, and hoping that you're going to get a response. Yeah, I agree 100%. 100%. And you have to have that connection, that touch point. And even if it's, you know, just starting the dialogue somewhere, showing that you're interested is seems like to be a better strategy than just going blind into it, not knowing anyone. You know, even if you don't know someone at the company, it seems like you can still, with like the power of LinkedIn, you can still reach out and find someone that, you know, can get you an in potentially. And it's, it, you, get, you get rejected rejection there as well, but a lot better odds than just sending resumes blindly. I, I agree with you. I, I, I mean, wholeheartedly, anyone that sent me a message throughout the course of my career, the recruiters, you know, I, I always replied back, you know, and if they weren't a fit, I, again, um, you know, I would let them know, hey, this is exactly what we're looking for um, in this. And, you know, I may be, you know, I, and I give them the benefit of the doubt. I say I may be wrong because not every resume or, you know, your response to me, you know, might not highlight what we're looking for. And then I would then bullet or just say, hey, we're looking for these items or the individual to do this. You know, do you have that experience? And I would give them an opportunity. And I'll tell you, Justin, sometimes I was I was surprised. I, I was really surprised because when I, you know, when they took the time to highlight their experience, they they became a candidate. And I could tell you that I made a lot of hires uh, based on that approach where the candidate truly might not have made it through the applicant tracking system because of the way that the resume was written or it didn't highlight, um, you know, maybe what we were looking for specifically. Um, I, I just think I think the process is broken. I'll be honest with you. I, I do. I, yeah. I, I don't think there's a lack of talent. I think there's a lack of understanding on how to identify talent and how candidates should identify that they're the best fit for the role. Um, truly, I'd like to revamp the entire hiring process. That's why I started my organization. Um, but, you know, it's one step at a time. Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. I mean, it does seem like it's a broken system in terms of it needs to be more of yeah, I, I put it this way. When I was doing some research for Just Go Grind at the beginning stages, I actually called and interviewed a lot of people to see what the problems were they were facing in the whole job search process. And one of the things that came up repeatedly was just knowing that their stuff had been read or they had received it or anything. They just wanted a response. And a lot of people aren't even getting a response in any way, not even automated. Some people aren't even getting automated responses. So that seems to be something people really want from the process. So in terms of and anyone, anyone trying to improve that, finding systems in place to kind of get that known where they can you know, have a feeling for like, okay, did someone actually read this? Like, did it get through? Like, where am I at with this? That seems to be helpful. But I want to get a little bit gran more granular on the actual individuals. So you, I mean, you've probably reviewed what, thousands of resumes in your career? I, yeah. I've, so, I mean, I did the math on it. Um, and I'm over, so interview wise, I've interviewed over 25,000 people. Um, I okay. personally hired over <laughs> 4,000, you know, I, I don't even have, I don't have this, I know it's over 4,000 closing in probably on 5,000, um, people now. Okay. Um, yeah, those, that's where I'm at. I, and resume wise, I couldn't even, I couldn't, if I've interviewed 25, the resumes are probably close to a hundred thousand 
but, uh, that I've seen. Knowing that, okay, so knowing that, I had a feeling it was it was that high, which is just crazy. And it's like you have a ton of experience in that in, in that area. But what do you, what stands out in a resume? What are you looking for? Let's start with the you know people are going to start the resume pretty much regardless. Some people can go right. through friends of friends or connections and stuff, which I think is a much better path, but you still probably want to have a resume. What are you looking for? What's good to have on a resume? Yeah. So I, you know, the one thing that I always encourage candidates to do is, uh, again, going back to, um, providing solutions and results. So, you know, the way that I look is, is, you know, try to stay away from things that you've done. You know, so if, you know, there's ways of phrasing it. So, you know, let's say you're a manager, you know, I could say that I've managed a team of six. All right. And that's great. You know, now it doesn't matter whether you're a sales manager, customer service manager, what type of manager you are. Think about what you've done in that management capacity that could be relatable to uh, organizations and desirable to companies and organizations. So what I mean there is this is, you know, if you've helped train someone, you know, you want to highlight those things in your resume that you've advanced someone's career through uh, giving them uh, additional attention or, you know, created a training program. You know, you achieved a certain goal because of putting these processes in place. You know, whereas oftentimes when I read a resume, uh, all I'm seeing are, you know, I've managed a team of six. I'm, you know, I manage this process. You know, I'm responsible for this, but they don't complete the other end of that sentence, which is what was the impact to the organization? So that's the best advice that I could give candidates is, you know, look at first is, you know, okay, you did this, but then ultimately, how did that impact the organization or how did that impact your team or why did that improve your role? If candidates would finish the second part of that statement, they would become and give the organization much more insight as to them as a potential candidate and how it could really help, you know, fill the role, how it could help achieve success in the role um, and give recruiters, hiring managers a much better scope or sense of what they bring to the table. Right. So completing the resume, going from, you know, just this is what I've done to what are like the measurable outcomes and the effect in the organization. It seems like that's the the way to go. Yeah. And there's not, and Justin, I, I know not every bullet point they have on their resume is going to be able to do that. And there's some that you just can't, but what I would right. challenge, you know, I would challenge the listeners out there to do is, you know, to think about, you know, how, what was the impact to the organization, you know, and try to have the most impactful things on your resume and the most things that, that drove really the most value. Um, cause a resume built out of that is going to really show that an individual is a high achiever. You know, they have, they have a lot of potential. They have that doer mentality that employers are looking for. Right. And let's just say, so someone gets their resume, obviously they finish this, they've taken your advice and they've, that's gotten them to the interview round. They got an interview with a company. What are the mistakes people are making in those interviews? Yeah. Well, again, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to say both candidate and, and hiring manager here. Um, you know, so I would say this, you know, if you're going in for an interview, you need to review that job description or that job posting inside and out. You need to know all the challenges uh, that and all the things that they need and want you to accomplish in this role. 
regardless of whether the hiring manager asks you those questions, you need to be prepared to have discussions around the impact that you're going to have on the role and guide the conversation that way. Um, you know, when they ask you at the end, you know, I, I, I always like to have a, a dialogue and not an interrogation. So as you get in there with the, you know, with the interview, um, if you're prepared with how you can impact that role or things you can highlight, any question they ask, you want to come back with, you know, either experiences or things that are going to relate to impacting the role that they're looking to hire for. I will tell you, if you can drive the conversation and the responses in that direction, your likelihood of, of being a top candidate for that role are going to be far greater than just sitting back and answering the question, um, you know, that the hiring manager is, is taking you down the path. I would say, you know, allow the hiring manager to ask questions, but you have to be prepared to show results throughout your experience. You have to be prepared to guide the conversation as well. Um, because ultimately what they want is they want someone in the role that they believe is going to accomplish the things that they need done. And if you could show that doer mentality, that high achiever mentality throughout the interview process, you're going to be a top candidate, no question about it. Yeah, doing your homework and then guiding the conversation, like you said, is is going to be the best thing. On the other side of that, then looking at the companies themselves, I know you mentioned the process is broken. I know you mentioned there's different things they can do that they should be doing. Where does a company start? Did they say they want to revamp their hiring process or just improve it? Where do they even start? Yeah, I, you know, I would say it really starts with the message. So, you know, in, in, in the talent strategy, you know, there's, it, there's some basic components. You have essentially how do you attract uh, top talent? How do you interview them? Uh, and then how do you hire and retain them? Um, so the, you know, the attract piece is, you know, it's essentially what are you using, you know, as far as your employment brand that's out there? Um, but it also is your job descriptions and your job postings as well, and clearly defining what you're looking for in the role and what you define success as. Now, when you get into the interview process, the, the key with this is, um, and again, hiring managers, I'm not picking on you, but I, I've seen so many. <laughs> and, and there's the reason for it is if I ask the listeners and there are hiring managers out there and I said, hey, how many hiring managers have ever gotten training or coaching on how to interview for top talent? or how to interview for a job. I, I bet it's less than 5% because organizations do not coach on how to interview uh, and how to create an interview that's going to ultimately lead to success. So the tips that I would tell you is, again, you know, keeping it simple in the way of, you know, essentially define what success looks like in the role. So what do you need this person to accomplish to be successful? So when you look back, whether that's you know, the first quarter, uh, first, you know, six months or first year on the job, however you want to break it down from a time frame, list out all the things that you need that individual to accomplish. Then based on that, you're, you're going to want to have questions that are created, um, you know, standard questions that are created so the candidate can highlight whether they have that experience or have the ability you know, to do those things that you're looking for them to uh, to achieve. And I'm telling you, Justin, it sounds simple, but if you if hiring managers did just that, they would improve their hiring beyond belief, um, because that's really where it stems from is just having a clear understanding of what you need accomplished and then 
being very transparent through the interview process of allowing the candidate to highlight their experience, their knowledge, and their capabilities. And, and that's really my advice. Yeah, I don't know. I get what you're saying. So are you saying like companies, they just don't do this? Or what is there, what have you seen from the current process that, that companies are doing? Are they just like, oh, we need a new person because we want to grow? Is that the mindset? I don't, I'm yeah, just curious. You know, we need someone in this area um, because, yes, we're growing. And, and the other part, the other uh, team is, uh, you know, is feeling the pressure of that. Or, you know, um, you know, we had an individual leave. Now we need to fill backfill this role. Um, so ultimately, they end up, you know, not understanding why the person left in the first place uh, with exit interviews. But that's a whole nother story. But essentially, so the candidate comes in, they're interviewing off the job description. And it's, you know, um, you know, first we weed out any candidate that doesn't have experience uh, in the particular role, you know, say seven years of experience in, in whatever role they're hiring for. So they eliminate, you know, they end up eliminating almost 75% of the people out there when, in fact, the years of experience doesn't matter in most cases because the skill set that they have could actually, the candidate could be a better performer if they just focused on the skill set and action that the individual needed to have instead of how many years. Uh, they've been doing it. Are these companies, where do they start in terms of getting the word out about their about their position? So they have an opening, let's just say, or they're looking for people. Where are the best places they should be going to even get the word out about these open positions? I mean, is it is it the still typical job boards or like what do you suggest companies do? Yeah, you know, most organizations, you know, if they have a careers page, that's a great place to start. Um, you know, your uh, applicant tracking system will allow uh, your jobs to be posted um, on, you know, Indeed will typically grab those. Uh, Google is now getting in, has gotten into that space over probably the last two years of, of grabbing those job postings. Um, LinkedIn, of course, is is probably the leader without a doubt as far as you know, sharing jobs. So companies that, you know, should have a, a careers or a company page on LinkedIn. Um, I always tell hiring managers that, you know, you should share your job on your LinkedIn. Um, you know, if, if you're B2C, uh, you know, business to consumer, um, you know, I would share jobs on Facebook as well. Um, really, you want to utilize your network. Um, but ultimately, when you're looking at the job, you know, you want to make sure that the job highlights really, you know, it highlights the culture of the organization, um, because that's first and foremost what people are looking for. Um, people aren't looking for a job. They're looking for a challenge. So, you know, definitely highlight the challenges in the role. Um, you know, something crazy about, you know, our space is, you know, the, the average tenure in a job right now is in the United States is less than three years, Justin, you know, and, yeah. and organizations are still, they're still using hiring practices, you know, in the thought process of the person comes in and they stay, you know, 25 years and they get the gold watch and walk out the door and, and that's not the case, you know, so there, there's a big breakdown now where, you know, organizations need to highlight, hey, this, you know, this opportunity, uh, you know, is really, I heard Reed Hoffman, uh, founder of LinkedIn, talk about a tour of duty. LinkedIn uses that quite often. I like that mindset 
you know, employers are really looking for an opportunity to grow their skill set in essentially about three to five years. And then they're looking for an opportunity to move on and challenge themselves. And employers have to understand that. So when they're using job postings, um, you know, they have to use not, you know, what the job is, but what the challenge will be. And I think if they change their mindset to that, they'll be far more successful with what's sharing out on social media. And to that point, you mentioned kind of reverse engineering the strategy of, you know, what they're looking for in a position. Should they be thinking that way too? Like, okay, let's just say they're, they want to hire for this position. They should be thinking like, yeah, this person realistically could be here two, three years. What do we want out of them in two or three years? Is that what they should be thinking of? I totally agree. I think that's, that is complete transparency. Um, you know, a lot of roles, uh, you know, that we have out there, you know, they're not, they're not progressive. Um, and that's okay, Justin, if we tell the candidates that, if we say, hey, this is, this is going to be the role, here's the skill set that you can learn doing this role. But at a certain time frame, you know, that role might become repetitive. You know what? I'm okay with that if, if employers highlight that and are completely transparent about that. But here's the skill set that we can help you gain. Um, I think that that tells an excellent story. Now, there's other roles, Justin, that are out there that the role can be very progressive and it, it could it could really be an excellent career path if that's what someone is looking for. But I'll tell you, in, in the employment landscape, a lot of people are just looking for some stability, uh, some skill set, some gain knowledge over typically about three to five years. So I, I say, hey, let's get transparent about that and let's truly show exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, and especially with that in mind of, you know, people going around every couple of years. I mean, my last job was two and a half, almost three years. So I'm fit exactly in that point that you mentioned. But especially if you want to get the top talent at your company, the competition is tremendous. So it seems like phrasing everything in a way of like being transparent with the job applicants and the talent around you and letting them know, like, this is what you're going to get out of it. Potentially, this is what we can do with it, this is how we can help you as well, because it's not just about the company getting help is like they're helping the job candidates if they want to get top talent. That's just what right. it seems like. Yeah. You're, you know, just, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, you look at, it's so funny, you know, so I'd ask all the candidates out there, you know, look at your career. You know, if you look back at your resume, I can, you know, pretty much, I can guarantee you've been in organizations three to five years, not at your own fault either. You know, we've had a lot of economic happenings over the last 10 years that have predominantly, you know, either forced people out of roles or, you know, the companies have been bought mergers or closed, um, you know, industries have been impacted. Um, so, you know, that's my encouragement for, you know, I employees, but employers as well, you know, is to really just get transparent about the opportunity. I can tell you any, any candidate I've interviewed, I've told them exactly what the challenge is going to be. Uh, you know, what the opportunity is going to be, what the challenge in the role, the diff all the difficulties. I tell them the compensation. You know, we go over every area of the role um, so that truly what I'm trying to do is allow candidates to make a good, really good, well-defined career decision for themselves. Um, and I'll tell you when, when, you know, employers can do that for candidates it makes it, it, it's so refreshing from what's out there in the space. Um, and I don't care what that role is, whether it's executive, you know, I've hired everything from CEO, uh, you know, to, to customer service, uh, front desk, 
managers, you know, IT developers, CIO, you name it. I've always had the same process of creating complete transparency so that a candidate can make an excellent decision on where they want to take their career. And I think it's very refreshing when candidates go through that. Yeah, and it creates, it seems like, a, a win-win situation on both sides. Candidate gets a clear a clear picture of what they're getting themselves into, which is what I'm trying to help even with with, this, with the podcast and with the website is giving them an idea of what it's actually like at different companies. But then also helps the company because you're going to get someone who knows that w- what they're getting into in the first place, which then helps them to stay longer because they know already that that's what they wanted. Like it, it all is, it just makes sense on both sides when you go about it that way. It seems simple, right? Like I don't, I <laughs> right. It seems like it's simple. <laughs> I, Justin, I don't understand why hiring has been like this cloak and dagger thing. Like, you know, so you come in, you know, the candidate comes in and they interview, uh, you know, they walk out. How did it go? Oh, it went pretty well. I think, you know, the manager, like, <laughs> You know, the candidate leaves, they don't know the compensation. You know, they, there's always like five or six things they have no idea. You know, the, the hiring manager is not sure because they didn't ask the candidate the question and, and they go down. And how many times, you know, have I heard throughout my career countless where they, you know, someone hires someone and the, the new employee comes in and I'm like, well, you know, I'll be interviewing this this individual and I'll say, well, tell me why you're looking for a new opportunity. And they'll, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. Well, the job that I got, you know, I thought it was going to be something different than it was. And I, it drives me yeah. crazy. It's like, how do you go through it? And, and, and not just the candidate, but don't get me wrong. It's like, guys, you know, both the employer and the employee, how do you go through, you know, oh, how many interviews did you go through? Oh, I went through six interviews with that company. So you're telling me you went through six interviews. You took the opportunity and then the opportunity wasn't what you thought it was going to be. So then I say, then what the hell are we doing in the interview process? <laughs> exactly. No? Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, there, there needs to be clear communication on what the expectations are on both sides. And that just makes it easier for everyone. I want to get into a little bit with the still on companies before we kind of uh, talk about your business a little bit more. How do how does a company, how does an organization decide on who to hire, those first hires, when they should hire? I want to get into like the strategy behind it a little bit and see get your get your take on that. So, like, how do they decide who to hire or even when they should hire? Oh, someone that's else? a you know that's a great question. Um, so, what I would tell you is. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to really the same process because it, it truly is uh, it is the foundation. So, you know, I would say that organizations, you know, when we're looking at candidates, really what we're looking for is uh, some different components is number one, you know, do they have the skill set to succeed in the role? Now, now, don't get me wrong, Justin, I didn't say do they have the experience, you know, do they have the right. skill set to succeed in the role? I, you know, in a lot of cases, now there's some roles that I've hired for that are highly skilled in the pharma biotech uh, space or maybe in the finance space where I was working on a CFO role. You know, now, hey, don't get me wrong. I, you know, you, you need to be a CPA. You need to have, you know, certain experiences. But in the majority of roles, and this is where I, it just drives me crazy, because they say, you know, they're the, you know, talent, you know, we can't find talent. 
I, Justin, I'll call I'll call employers out and say, no, that's wrong. You can find talent. You're just not looking in the right places. So if you, number one, have the skill set, let's identify the skill set that the candidate needs to have. Two, let's identify, are they a culture fit? So I'm not saying, you know, you know, a lot of companies and I'm talking about true culture. I'm going to say this. A lot of companies have that mission value statement on their front hall and the majority of them are crap. You know what what is out there on the wall and what goes on, you know, on the teams is very different. So I would tell organizations and what I do is let's get really let's get real and let's be very clear about who we are as an organization and what's going to work here. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately after that, I want to I want to look at the candidate's motivation. You know, so what is their next step for their career? What are they trying to get out of this role? Um, you know, and then you always have, you know, obviously, you know, your compensation, your benefits, the, those things have to align. But Justin, I'm telling you, if if you do those four things when hiring and and you examine those four critical areas and pay high, very close attention to that and have very transparent conversations with the candidate, it makes the hiring process so much easier, you know, because along the way, you're now asking questions that relate to that. You're interviewing people uh, in, in a way different and much clearer fashion. The candidate has a clear understanding of the role and what the expectations are and who the company is and, and why it's a great opportunity. And it just makes it very easy for the employer and the candidate to make a good decision as far as who we should put in that role. And I'll tell you, that's it. That's how I've done it my entire career. Um, I would say that, you know, I just bring a lot of transparency and clarity to the hiring process. Yeah. And Mike, in your experience, you've worked with a few different companies and you said you've hired, you know, all different roles from the top to the bottom, essentially. Besides like, okay, a CFO leaves a company and you know, okay, we need a CFO. <laughs> when does the company decide to hire more people? I mean, I know from just from my experience at, um, at Clark Toys when I was there, you know, we needed some extra help with graphics. We hired another graphics person. We wanted to revamp customer service. We hired more customer service people. You know, we had a need kind of in the area we thought we could help us and we, we hired. But, but in your experience over the years, when does a company decide to hire? Like, what's that process like? Yeah, yeah. so that process is really, I think it, you know, for me, that process, I always partnered with finance on that um, because, uh, you know, I, I always believe that, you know, if the company is growing and they're growing sales, um, they're growing their client base, there has to be some growth component to it. Um, you know, and hiring managers truly have to understand that. Uh, one of the things that I always helped organizations with is really capacity. Um, when it comes to hiring, a hiring manager, a manager of a team has to know what their capacity is and have that well defined. Um, now, if they don't have a, you know, uh, you know, now budgets come into play as well, um, but that's where the finance component comes in. But really, they have to have a clear understanding of what their capacity and whatever, you know, group that they're managing so that they can clearly identify, hey, at this point is when we need to bring someone on. And that needs to align with the company's goals and then the budget as well. Um, but, you know, if, if you don't do that and you go too long, essentially what happens is, you know, I've seen this so many times where you just put more and more. You may have a great team and you just put more and more on that team uh, into where you just burn them out. 
Uh, and then all of a sudden the role isn't as much fun because, you know, that's where culture starts to break down and, and, and you really get into a, a tailspin. Um, but I would say really, it really stems from capacity. If you're looking to grow, it should be, you know, off of sales. It should be off of new clients. If you're manufacturing, it should be off of more product being produced. Um, there has to be some capacity component to it and then a clear understanding of how much capacity your team has. And I'll tell you, Justin, I don't care what the department is, what the team is. A, you can always, and I've been able to do this throughout my career, you can always define capacity in any component throughout an organization for when the, when the key point is, you know, hey, the red flag goes up, we need to hire someone. I want to get into next gen business coaching. So this is your your company started. Um, how long ago was that? Yeah, you started it? about yeah. four months in. Yeah, four four months. months. Four months. And so this first, is first off. This is a good yeah, one, Justin. So we for the new, <laughs> we you know this is what I learned for you know for all you entrepreneurs out there. So we actually changed the name to Next Gen Talent Strategies. Oh, um, did that okay. was very that was this week. Um, but here, a piece of advice. So don't order your uh, embroidered, uh, you know, uh, company wear like your shirt, <laughs> backpacks, in swag, all your swag, yeah. Until you've decided the company name. So that was uh, that was my bad, but yeah, Next Gen Talent Strategies is the uh, is the business name going forward, and we're not changing it because the golf shirts and the and all the swag's been ordered. So <laughs> what? Is, why the switch? You know, as I as I looked at it. Um, you know, I really, uh, you know, I was asked a really great question um, by a client that uh, we got right out of the gate. And, um, you know, I was working with a CEO and, uh, you know, he had said to me, um, he said, Mike, he said, you know, what you guys do is amazing. Um, it really is providing us a talent strategy for our organization going forward. And, and that, that, that comment right there hit me. And I said, although what I'm doing is coaching, truly what we do offer is a talent strategy for organizations. And that strategy, that could include recruiting, uh, that could include, um, you know, just a strategy of how they attract, you know, hire and retain talent. Um, but ultimately, it all fell under uh, a talent strategy. And when I heard those words that hit me, I'm like, you know what, that's what we do. Um, and right. I was so compelled where I said this, that's who we're going to be going forward. So, uh, but. So you had a few months where you're like, okay, this is a name next gen business coaching. And you, you hear this and you immediately like, wait a minute, that seems right. It's kind of like a drop the the moment for Facebook. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the same thing. You're like, yeah, oh, this, this is a me. little less glamorous. I think I was like slightly, <laughs> slightly less glamorous, but that's it. Only slightly. But I could sell it that way for sure. Justin <laughs> yeah. Timberlake called me up and said, "Mike, right. the next gen talent strategy." And I said, you're, "Right, you're absolutely right. We're changing the name of the business." <laughs> Genius, man. Oh my gosh. Give that guy a stake in the company. Jesus. Um, why, why did you decide to start this? So you have years of experience, years and years of experience, and you decided to go out on your own as an entrepreneur and start your own thing. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. I, uh, Justin, you know, for me, um, you know, my passion has always been around talent and, and helping people align and find great opportunities and helping companies hire amazing people. Uh, to do amazing things for their for their organization, 
Um, but ultimately on a deeper, um, more mission and goal for me is um, I truly believe the hiring process is broken um, across uh, a number uh, you know, I could tell you so many stories of things I've seen in organizations, and I'm not just talking about the the high level jobs, Justin. I, I'm talking about, you know, supply chain and distribution. I'm talking about customer service. I'm talking about, you know, uh, call center type roles where I truly believe um, and want to change the way that organizations hire and you know identify talent and give people opportunity that truly. Uh, deserve opportunity that I think could change their lives. Um, that that is really uh, that has been you know deep in my heart and my belief as to you know why it was time for me to go out on my own uh, and do this. And I know it's it's you know it's going to be one company at a time. I hope that that my mission I can impact you know the way organizations really do hire. Um, and, and we can really give people opportunities that truly should des- that deserve it, um, but that otherwise may have not been identified and offered an opportunity. Because uh, I can tell you throughout the course of my career, I've given so many op- people opportunities that would have never have been identified or even given a chance to interview. Not only do they get the opportunity, but they did 10 times more with that opportunity than companies and hiring managers would have ever expected. And when someone comes up to you and tells you, uh, you know, with tears in their eyes that they're, you know, thank you. You know, you changed my life. You changed my family's direction. You, you, you know, I could tell you there's no better feeling than that. So, uh, so that's at the root of it. So, uh, so that I had to do it. It was just time. Um, so that's my mission and that's what I'm doing today. I hear you on that. How did how did you decide even I always wonder with this too, because especially someone who quits a job or who's been working in a career for a while, the timing of it. Why was it now versus a year ago versus two years ago? You, you know what I mean? Versus like why now exactly though? I had I, you know I, so the, the you know, great question. It was you know, to say anyone that knows me, um, you know, knows that, you know, I, I always I always love to help people that that's, you know, why I truly believe I was put on this earth. You know, I I coach I coach, you know, kids sports. Uh, you know, I've always tried to help out in any capacity in my community, um, you know, working for one company uh, for me was just not going to drive you know, the benefit that I felt I can deliver, uh, you know, really to the world. And that, and I do mean that. And, 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 and not just for me, because I want to build a, a big company, but really where my passion stems from is I want to help employers identify, you know, different avenues of talent. And I want to give people that are out there that would have never been identified, you know, opportunities to interview and to challenge themselves and to get opportunities that will change their life. Um, I could not just see myself going to work for another company and just helping one organization. There is value in that. Um, throughout my career, that that got me to where I am today, where it truly empowered me to say, you know what, it's time for me to do my own thing, um, to help organizations and to try to help as many people get aligned uh, as possible. And that was it. That was where it just said, I can't, I just can't hang my hat under one roof anymore. I need to, I need to kind of share this message and, and take this head on. 
Yeah, to go with your gut sometimes. I feel like it just builds up to that point where you're just like, yeah, let's let's do it. I had a similar experience in a way throughout my own career and the few years I've had of it is, you know, going from fitness where I like that idea of impacting people one-on-one, but at the same time I knew to create a bigger impact, you had to grow to something else besides just one-on-one sessions. And then even, you know, at Clark Toys, then it was like, yeah, I want to do more, do bigger things, like try to impact more people to decide to get an MBA. It's like that thought process where you don't really know what what tips it over to make you do it, but then you finally feel like you just, there's no way you can't, so you just have to. Um, well, and also too, in our first call, when we had been introduced to each other, you know, you're, you know, you going into the marketplace to try to help candidates um, and, and what I've done on the corporate side, you know, that conversation was so powerful because, uh, you know, that's really what brought us to the call today is, you know, your, your work and what you want to do, um, you know, you're a part of that game, too, of, of how we're going to help people get aligned, you know, and that's why I think this call and, and future calls are going to be so powerful because, you know, ultimately what we're trying to do is, you know, we're trying to help people achieve and get to where they want to go. Um, you know, and, and your career is such a big part of that. We hear so often, you know, you spend more time at your job than oftentimes you do with your family on a weekly basis. So, uh, you know, so aligning people in the right way, you know, uh, whether that's, you know, me on the corporate side, you on the candidate side, but I truly feel like us coming together on this call is, is just the start of it to say, Hey, you know, employers, you know, candidates, you know, we're going to help you guys align, you know, the best we can with these messages. So, so I hope people, you know, get that from these calls as we go forward. But uh, this is an exciting first call, Justin. Yeah, I know we have only a few minutes left here. I just want to ask a, a little bit more on your business itself. So you decide to go and create this company. What were the steps for you to actually make it a reality? Yeah, I. Uh, oh, that's a great, you know, um, you know, I, I'm still I, I'm learning as an entrepreneur. So. You know, I, I think that's where, um, you know, that's a skill set that, um, you know, I, although I've, I've got great experience in, in talent, uh, you know, in recruiting and, you know, and understanding what organizations need to do, um, I'm still new as an entrepreneur. So I would tell you that um, I'm learning, Yeah. you know, so, you know, it just, you know, I laugh about changing the business name, um, but, you know, that, that. <laughs> That to me was, you know, probably something that I should have done right out of the gate is clearly define, you know, what that business is, you know. Um, so I tell you, I, I'm doing a lot of research right now. You know, I, I'm trying to learn from entrepreneurs that are in the space right now that that I see on LinkedIn and connect with people that have built successful businesses. Um, I've had the luck of, of being um, of partnering with CEOs. I've worked for some great CEOs that I've watched that built companies from literally, you know, those stories of a basement or, you know, a 150 year old family company that, that started in a back alley, so to speak. So, so I've been surrounded with some great entrepreneurs, but I'll tell you that I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I know I have, I, I can offer organizations, um, you know, a, a very, uh, you know, tangible thing that I've, that I've done for many years and, and have produced great results. But as an entrepreneur myself, I will tell you, I'm still learning. So, um, you know, I know I'm going to make a lot of mistakes 
Um, but my passion for what I do and what I can offer is is really, you know, overshadows any mistakes that I'm going to make along the way as an entrepreneur. Have there been any have there particular, been any resources, particular resources that have been great for you? That have been great for you. You know, I would say, um, you know, I've had a lot of people. Um, you know, my business partner uh, Tom Ward. He's he's an unbelievable. Um, you know, built a. Uh, Unbelievable mortgage business from the ground up. Uh, unbelievable entrepreneur. Um, you know, I think about um, you know um, you know Eric Floyd, uh, chief science officer at um, um, at Xvant uh, that I worked with at Doman. Unbelievable entrepreneur. Unbelievable leader. I would tell you the resources I've had are the connections that I've made along the way. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and just try to, you know, I've had conversations where I just ask them questions about, hey, what should I be thinking about or my marketing strategy or how do I get in front of these people or, you know, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a recruiter and I negotiate. I'm not necessarily a sales expert. So what does that sales process look like? Um, so I've talked to some amazing salespeople um, uh, that have helped me out throughout my career. Um, so that's my, that has been my go-to really just my connections and having just great conversations and, and asking a lot of questions. Yeah. I think that's the best way to go about asking questions, especially what specifically is the main like product or offering for your company? So people know, and then also where can they find out about that or how can they work with you? Yeah, that's, you know, so the, the main offering are we've really clarified the message. So there's two components. So it's really identifying uh, and, and developing a talent strategy for an organization. So a lot of people out there would say, hey, Mike, what the heck's a talent strategy? Mm-hmm. Well, a talent strategy is how you attract, interview, hire, and then retain talent. So all those components. So, you know, we will come in and work with an organization to help them develop Uh, what we identify as a talent strategy. If they are currently using a talent strategy, so they have some components of it, but it's like, hey, I don't know if it's really well-developed. We have, you know, we're attracting people. We put jobs out there. The interview process is not that good. Well, great. Have us come in and we will do an assessment for you and do a complete diagnosis of, of you know, a recommendation of essentially what, you, what your current strategy is now and what it should be going forward. And then there's some organizations out there, Justin, that, you know, they just don't have the capacity or resources for that. They essentially may need us to just do high level or some recruiting in a uh, for particular roles. So essentially, you know, hey, we need your help filling roles. So those are really the capacities that we work with businesses. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, that's where the majority of people have reached out to me. So Mike McElhern, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, the, the website is nextgentalentstrategies.com. Um, that's our website. Um, so you can learn more about what we offer there. Um, but I always say, hey, just reach out to me. Um, on LinkedIn, uh, go to the website. We have a click to talk button there. Reach out direct. Let's just have a conversation about you know what your challenges are, what you'd like to accomplish, uh, and then we can go from there. That's always been the best for me. Perfect. And as a reminder, guys, uh, at justgogrind.com slash podcast, I will have show notes for all of this. And so there will be links to all of my stuff, his LinkedIn, his website for his company, all of that, as well as uh, notes on the actual episode. So you can find that at justgogrind.com slash podcast. So you don't have to frantically write down anything, but that is also where you can find that. But Mike, was there anything else you wanted to let the audience know before I let you go? I know there's a 
time here. Don't want to keep you too long, but anything else you'd want the audience to know? Uh, uh, Justin, for, uh, you know, thank you for having me on today. I think what you're doing in the space is awesome. Um, and again, as an entrepreneur yourself, I look forward to partnering with you as we go forward. Uh, for audience members out there, you know, what I would tell you is uh, I love the name of Justin's business, Just Go Grind. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's part of the philosophy is, you know, candidates out there looking for an opportunity, um, you know, please, you know, stay with it. Uh, you know, we will do whatever we can to help you get aligned with organizations properly. Organizations, you know, companies that are looking to hire talent, open your minds to what talent truly is and how it could impact your organizations. Um, you know, we can both help you out in those capacities. Uh, and as we go forward, I would like to bridge that gap between kind of the, you know, the, the lack of talent, because I'll tell you, Justin, you know, there's not a lack of talent. The, the lack is how we identify talent. So, so everyone out there, you know, uh, you know, keep your minds, you know, keep your minds out of, uh, you know, let's open our minds to what talent truly is. And, and, and I think that'll change a lot of how we hire and identify what talent can do for us. Awesome. I appreciate the time, Michael. I think we'll definitely have to have you on at some point for a second episode to see kind of where the business is going and where it's at and then um, more in depth on the company as well. But thank you for the time. This has been it's been great. And then, I, like I said, hopefully we can have you on for a second episode at some point. Absolutely, Justin. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great one, man. Thank you for listening to episode number five of Just Go Grind. This one was with Mike McElhern. And Remember, the show notes are over at justgogrind.com slash podcast. You can support the show over at patreon.com slash justgogrind. As little as a dollar per month, up to a few hundred dollars per month, depending on how much access you want to yours truly. Also, in iTunes, if you head on over to iTunes, leave a rating review, that helps the show get to more people, helps it get known to others so others can find it more easily. Thank you so much for listening. This has been quite the experience for me, and I'm hoping to bring on more and more guests to help you very soon. Very, very soon. Have a great day. I'll talk to you later.